Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to Books on Air. I'm your host, Suzanne Harris. Books on Air is a series where we really do a deep dive into the passion of the author. We talk about why they wrote the book. We ask about what they want you, the reader, to take away from it. And we talk about their writing process. What goes on with that anyway? You really get a peek behind the curtain at what goes on with an author. Joining me today is someone I cannot wait to introduce you to. She is charming. She's fun. And her book is so suspenseful, it had me on the edge of my chair. The name of the book is All Angels Have Wings, and my guest is Mai Thompson. My welcome. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you. You know, I've been doing interviews for a long time, and one day it came to me that books don't just have one story. I started to think about it, and I realized that there's a story that the the author chooses to share with the reader, but there's always something behind that story. There's always a backstory for the book, and sometimes those backstories are extremely surprising, and I just happen to know yours, and I just happen to know that it's extremely interesting and surprising. I think some of our, our viewers will be a little surprised at what you have to say. So let's tell them the backstory behind how All Angels Have Wings came into being. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, um, we all remember when the pandemic hit us, I think three, is it three and a half, three years ago now? Yeah, right. And, um, roughly a couple of months before that, so in already in December of the year before, you can say, I started to struggle a lot with my mental health. I went through a really hard time. It got worse as we got um, forced to be inside and not allowed to see other people. And yeah, a lot of things happened. So it got worse and I got into a very dark place and I started going to therapy because I needed it. Otherwise, I don't know what would have happened, but I needed therapy for sure. And I was very open to to my therapist saying, I have a hard time opening up to other people to talk about my feelings and the tough things. I usually hide behind a smile or a terrible dad joke or something. So I was very open in the beginning saying, I need you to call me out on my, yeah, bullshit, to be quite frank. And uh, my therapist was like, that's fine. We can do that. And slowly he, as we talked, he, he pointed out that I, I seem to be a very creative person. And he said, well, would it help for you to maybe write all this down? Cause you do writing in your everyday life anyway. So maybe all these feelings that you cannot articulate to me, then write them down on a piece of paper. And I found that if I wrote the feelings down and then blew them out of proportion, so made them much bigger than the feelings I was sitting with. Then they they became visible to me in a way that made that I could 
you know, feel them better. I could, I could see them. I could see what, what could have caused them. And then slowly I started to put them onto this person, Linda, the main character, uh, because I have a tendency, I've had a tendency throughout my whole life to put all the people first. So I thought, okay, if I put all these feelings over to her as another person, I would want to help her. And that way I would be able to see, well, if she goes through something that's much terrible than what, what I've been through, but still with similar feelings, and I'm helping her through this, how can I then help myself? Is there something I can take away from that? And then all of a sudden there was a book and yeah. Did the story just tell there. to you? I mean, this is, I don't want to say creepy, but it's extremely suspenseful. And there were a couple of parts that I read that I found myself almost looking over my shoulder. You know, I mean, you're a very good writer and you wrote this suspense novel very well. And I understand that it's the first in a series. So how did these characters come to you? What happened? How do you see them? Because I know I've written fiction myself. This is not some actor that you're seeing playing this part. This is a person that came to you that looks like not you or me, but somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how they look and, 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 and that stuff was not really important to me. That, that came, I don't know, that, that was really, that was really a thing I, I was thinking about. It was more about who they were as, as a human. And I think Linda, the main character, I viewed her or I do still view her as the me when I am at my roughest. So the one that is heavily depressed and doesn't really take care of herself, doesn't really think about herself um, and wants to take care of everyone else. So the me, that's not good for myself, if that makes sense. It's not good for me. It does make sense. Whereas there's a character in there called Andrea that will also be introduced later on in the book. She is the me that I needed to be for myself. So you will also see throughout the book how Andrea is this rock and this safe place for for Linda uh, throughout the story. And I see that as the person I would want, I would have wanted myself to be um, if I, to another person or if if I was going through that myself, I would have needed a person like that. Then we have Arnold, that's the support system. That's all the friends, the families, um, that that's always there asking if you need help, but you don't want to quite accept it because you want to go through it yourself. Whereas Andreas is the one who knows you a little bit better. And yeah, so, so yeah, Arnold is the, without him, Linda would not be alive. Um, I think, and that's, you know, the friends and the families, right? Right. Uh, the, yeah, the big support system. So it is really just people you draw you're trying from my from from your life, or that's what I did at least. Um, without it being one particular character, it's like a a collective of characters. Um, though I was pretty, I was pretty uh, <laughs> sure about Arnold how he was supposed to look and act. Um, you know, with the pipe, he smokes pipe, and he's a bit there's a bit of banter between him and his wife, and that's kind of how I saw my parents' relationships and kind of based a little bit of my dad's uh, appearance. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, that came in. I think that what you've done is so healthy. 
I love the way that you've talked about this because mental health has been such a major issue for so many people during the pandemic and even after. And the, the, it seems like it lingers on and on and on. And I know that I've heard therapists say that if you journal, that's one way to go ahead and get your feelings out. But I think what you've done is even better. You've taken that a couple of steps further in that you are looking at it in a much broader way. And I think that that's so healthy, what you've done and what you've recognized, and that you're saying, this character is me when I'm healthy, this character is me when I'm not healthy. And so you're recognizing the two. I just think that's a wonderful way to view this. Let's give the the viewers a little bit of an overview of the story, because you've done a very, you, you have knitted together a very, very suspenseful story with some very interesting characters. I'm glad you say that. That was one of my concerns when I then finished the book because I have ADHD. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with someone with ADHD, if they're not, you know, if it's really bad and if they're not medicated, it can go in all directions. And that was what the book was as well uh, at the end. So I had to to piece it together. Um, but yeah, we have... Uh, we have the family Hemmer, um, which is a family of Linda, her two si- her sisters and her brother, their parents, and then, you know, all the, the spouses for the family. And they are gathering up uh, in the beginning of the book um, for their grand, so their grandmother's funeral. Um, she's getting buried. She's passed, unfortunately, and she was someone who was hilarious in the family, someone who was keeping them all together. And this is where we first meet everyone. And you kind of get the sense that Linda is the black sheep of the family. She's kind of the little rebel that has, maybe she has not really been able to identify herself. And also therefore, maybe the family has not been able to understand her very well because she's not really understanding herself. Um, And also they're all worried about her because of her job. She's a police officer. She works undercover. Um, and she's just gone through a lot in her life and in her past, her childhood. She's been kidnapped. So there's just a lot there that's, that's, that they're concerned about for her. Uh, but she's a person who really wants to deal with it herself. So as we go through the book, we see, uh, we, we follow Linda through her undercover, um, job, uh, where she's taking care of this uh, boy that she's absolutely falling in love with, a little boy called Tucker. Um, and she wants to do everything that she can for him. Um, but as it shows, the person that was in her life when she was a child, when she got kidnapped, has returned. And the wings that she are carry, that she's carrying, that you will also find from reading it, um, they are becoming significant, uh, because he is hunting down his angel that he lost, um, when she escaped. And so he's very fixated on her. And yeah, throughout the story, there's little hints to who it is and, and how, how it came about. And, um, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going <laughs> to oh, give no, that no, away. No, but no, no. I hope that there's a little bit of, of investigation aspect of it without it being a police investigation. It's not a crime story. It is a horror and thriller and suspense. It's nothing to do with, with the crimes themselves. It's more about the minds of the the killer 
what 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 happens how can a person do these things but also about linda how what happens when we push a person to the limit um arnold in uh, her her rock in the in in the book talks about at one point that she has this kind of switch that she can flick off and when she does all her emotions disappear and that makes that she can deal with all this stress all these traumas and horrors from her past and also present and, and future and he worries for her what will happen the day if it happens when she switches off completely so the first book is really what happens what can happen to a person when we put push them to the limit and and then the second book will be well will this switch be switched on or not and what will happen then what's the follow up of all of these experiences um yeah you know i have a kind of a strange question i guess mm-hmm. how hard, how hard was it for you to go into the mind of the killer now i've written fiction and i was i became interested in the jack the ripper thing, mm-hmm. you know so i started doing research around jack the ripper and i started looking at you know the white chapel and all the crimes and everything and all of a sudden i realized i could not go into the mind of that killer i could not do it and so i just scrapped the project how did you go into the mind of the killer and how difficult was it for you I think when you really reach rock rock bottom it's not about being evil to other people but you're being really evil and mean to yourself so you have those similar feelings and i have also had suicidal thoughts and been in a really in in a really rough state so i think if you just turn it around you don't look at it as oh i'm a serial killer and i want to go <laughs> take care of of people right but you you look at it as i was not able to take care of myself and i was really rough to myself and those feelings and those thoughts i don't know how but i managed to turn that around i hope um in the sense of maybe this is how a serial killer would think but this is how i i imagine that a a, a serial killer or a person who would be able to commit murder would have to be at a very low state or have flick, flicked off that switch that we talked about right just become completely non-emotional right and i think we've also all had those those periods at least i have in my life where i've just not cared about what happened just sat around the house right not cared about right. the world and i think if you blow that out of proportion that little feeling that you have if you blow it out of proportion then it becomes more it becomes something else and then you can kind of mold it into something dark and something twisted and yeah it's kind of like plato that's how i view feelings a little bit like plato you have a little bit of a feeling and then if you expand it and multiply it and then you can kind of mold it into something else good analogy <laughs> good analogy i like that now when you were writing the book who mm-hmm. did you think up Who was going to read it? Who did you think would read it? Um I actually didn't think anyone would read it uh because in the beginning I didn't write it to write a book. I wrote it to 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 deal with my feelings. Um but the more people started asking about it, the more I realized okay, maybe I should maybe I should just put it out there 
and I've always wanted to write a book. So I figured, you know what? What's the harm? Let's let's try it. Let's see what happens. Let's see if I can do this. If I can put myself in the mind of a killer, yeah. Let's 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 try it. And um and the more I started writing, the more I remembered uh when I grew up and I, when I was reading, I've read so many books. It's unbelievable. Um, but I've never really been able to just pick a genre and then be able to find a character in there that I could relate to in the aspects that was important to me growing up. So I am a lesbian. Um, and I'm also realizing that I might be non-binary or transgender, but that's not something I've been able to, to, to work on because of my, my mental state, but now I'm in a good place, but I've never been able to identify that in, in a book. You know, you can read a bunch of books that are LGBTQ related, but that's the main topic then. There's right. no, that, that, as you said in the beginning, there's, that's the main story. But I would like to read a story, uh, a thriller or horror mo- or a story or watch a movie where it's not the main story. It's just an aspect of it. It's not what's, what, it's not what the whole story is about. Um, so that was one of the really important things to me that I would be able to create something that I would want to read growing up. If that makes sense. It does. And yeah. I have to ask, have I offended you with pronoun choice? No, no, no. I've always said um, pronounces and my identity is for me. It's not for everyone else. So it's my self-identity. It's not how I present myself to the to everyone else. So I'm a bit different. Um, I don't I don't care what people call me or yeah. So yeah. And I I have to confess, you and I have had such wonderful conversations before we ever started typing that that I it never even occurred to me because I've just enjoyed talking to you so much and you're so interesting and you're so open about everything that I've really, really enjoyed just our conversations. And I love it that you're really giving the listener a real peek behind the curtain at who you are, not only as a person, but as a writer. I have another maybe odd question. I looked at the cover of the book. It's very stark. Does it have symbology for the novel? Did you choose it? Tell me the story behind the cover. Yeah, so I actually love this story. Um, the, The first scene in the book is the first chapter you're going to read. It's the prologue. It's about a woman getting buried alive in a forest. And that's where we meet uh, the killer for the first time. And this forest and the white stones you see on the front page, this is very significant to the rest of the story. So I'm not going to give the rest of that away. No. But there, will be, there will be a link, I promise. But the picture itself um, is actually my friend who took it. So she went, I live in Brighton, but I'm from Denmark and I grew up there. She went to the woods um, where I grew up. And she went to the beach where I grew up. She picked up the stones. She laid them out in the woods. And then she took some photos after reading that introduction that would kind of show a little atmosphere of of how that first scene uh, is set. Yeah. So it's it's a piece of my home on the front page. Yeah. I just knew there was a story behind that cover. I looked at it and I thought, this is too interesting. And if if you're very curious about the cover, 
let me tell you where you can find the book. The book is on Amazon. And so if you go to Amazon, let me just give you the name and everything and spell Maya's name for you. It's All Angels Have Wings by My M-A-I Thompson, T-H-O-M-S-E-N. So if you go, click on it, and you'll see the cover of the book. And now you know that there's meaning in that cover of the book. This is a book that, and I think you've already sort of touched on this, but this has a book that is a good story, a suspenseful story with interesting characters who have all kinds of character flaws and all kinds of uh, things that make them redeemed. And this is a, a complex character book. Is there something that you want the readers, are there three things that you'd like for the readers to take away when they put the book down for the very last time and they finish this this first book in the series? Because I know they'll want the second book in the series. What would you like for them to have thought or taken away from it, Mine? Yeah, so I think um, the main thing is to look at Linda and not become her. So... She, her main flaw is, in my views, uh, in my eyes at least, is that she puts everyone else first. And it's all fine that we want to help everyone. But as they say, when you're out flying, you know, the stewardess is very, uh, the, the, the whole routine is put on your own mask before helping anyone else. And I think we need to do that a little bit more. I think it's okay if we are a little bit more selfish without being mean. Right. We need to take care of ourselves. We have a bucket each. And when the bucket is full, doesn't matter what you put into it. If it's work, if it's private life, if it's full, it's full and you cannot contain anything more. So you need to ensure that your flow in the bucket is consistent and and good and well. And then you're able to help others so you can pour more stuff into it and take on other people's um, burdens and, and help them. So I think that's what I've realized for myself, that I need to put myself first a little bit more. And I hope that other people will, will read this and think, yeah, I should, I should take care of myself a little bit. And, um, the second thing is ask around, uh, to your friends, family, reach out to them, make sure that they, or check if they're okay, because out, you know, if you look at Linda as a person from the outside, you would not necessarily see that she's struggling. She's pretty. She's fit. She's all the things that we internally, or at least myself, idolize and dream of becoming. And yet she still struggles with all of these things. So you wouldn't at the first glance know that she's struggling with all these things. So reach out because Depression is real. Um, anxiety is real. And just be there for them. Ask people what they want, what they need. Don't just assume it's okay to ask. And if people are not okay with you asking, they will tell you. Um, I have no doubt. <laughs> so I think that's the two main things is take care of yourself. And once you have, help out, take care of, of other people as well. I would hope. And I like one of the other things that I read as I was preparing for the interview. You talked about being careful what you say yes. to 
people. I thought that was extremely important because let's face it, social media, there are so many people who are so mean. I mean, I don't even need another word. They're just mean. They're bullying somebody and it's faceless. And so it's so easy to do that. I'm always reminded of Lord of the Flies when I think about that, because in Lord of the Flies, when they go to the island, you know, when the boys are lost and they go to the island and they want two different groups and the one group puts on the white paint, the the paint, the mud and covers themselves. All of a sudden they become more violent. It's that anonymity that puts there. So tell me a little bit about that message that I know you also want to have in the book. Yeah, so uh, when I grew up, I um, I was in a very small school. We were not, I think we were 10, 10 or 12 kids in my class. So in my age group, there was only 10 or 12 people. So it's a very small town. I think there's 600 people living there. Um, and even though it was small things now, looking back, I was bullied there. Uh, it, was, it was small things, but I already felt different because I was attracted to girls, right? So by me already feeling different and them acknowledging that I was different, right? Making me different by, by, by bullying me. Those little things that were told, that were said to me or done to me, I can still feel them today. I don't remember much of my, of my childhood in school. It's just been, you know, cramped back. Yeah. So I really, I really want, I, I would love for people to just, just think when you're making a comment out of, anger or frustration towards another person you're walking past in the street, that person might be dealing with something. And I'm aware that we cannot be overly aware of everyone else and everyone else's feelings all the time. But I think we can just think about it a little bit more. And I actually did it. I walked, I was really frustrated. I was walking outside and this uh, person bumped into me and I turned around and I said some not nice things. And as I was walking home I was like this this was wrong and I hadn't gotten very far from from our meet so I, I turned around and I walked over to the person and I said I'm really sorry for disturbing you and I just want to apologize for my behavior I was in a bad mood it's not an excuse but I just I just want to acknowledge that what I did was wrong and they thanked me and we actually had a really good talk and they moved yeah they continued um that was I, I'm not sure if that did something for them uh, but this was again the, the the little bit of taking care of, of of myself, and then also trying to take care of of a situation that I messed up, right? So it felt good for me, and I hope that I made things somewhat all right after what I had said. Um, so I think just being a bit more self aware of what you say to people, both in person and online, because as you say, the anonymity that's you can easily fall into the trap there. It's easy to make a comment somewhere where people cannot see you and yeah, bump into someone on the street and think, Oh, I'm not going to see them again. Who cares? But that person might be struggling with things and that might just be what the tip of the iceberg, right? That might just be the last bit that's poured into the bucket that makes it overflow. So I think that's really important. Um, Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Now talking about social media, are you on some of the social media platforms? I am. I, I do have Facebook, uh, mostly to keep in touch with, with my family since I live abroad. Um, I also do have Instagram. I'm sharing some travelers on there. Yeah. Tell me how our, our 
listeners can find you? So on uh, on Instagram, they can find me if they search for my name, my Thompson. I should pop up. And I share bits and pieces there uh, for my travels around the world. Um, it's also in my plan that I'll start sharing um, some writing sessions uh, when I sit and I write every day. So a little snippets, not videos, but more pictures and thoughts on, okay, today I had to write this scene that was really tough, or today I'm really happy, so I'm going to sit down and I'm going to put some jokes and some happiness into this into this dark, twisted book Um so I'm going to share a little bit more about how I write and and the process of doing that. So, yeah, if people want to follow me, then it's uh, my Thompson on Instagram. And yeah. Excellent. I love the idea. I think that's terrific. Our time is just about up. Is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners, viewers with? What would you like to the very last thing? that you're going to be able to say to them about the book, about the philosophy, anything that you want them to leave with? I I think throughout this whole process, I was doubting very much if I could even write a book. And that is to do, you know, with everything you're being told growing up. Um, and with my ADHD, it was also something I struggled with. It was not easy. But I think I really want to, put out there that it's possible if you really just sit down and figure out what are my wants and needs from this and and yeah just don't give up just because someone says that it's it's going to be rough and because it feels like it's it's overwhelming um if it's something you really want to do try it the worst that can happen is that you publish a book that no one reads but hey you published it Right. So that's an accomplishment in itself. And how many books have you read throughout your life where you go, okay, well, I've read that. I'm not going to read it again. Right. So just really be what was important to me was, am I doing this to publish a book or am I doing this because I want to see if I can? Right. So I, I just said in your mind, why are you doing this if you really want to write a book? And the last thing really quickly is, if you're struggling with mental health and you are in a dark place, maybe this is not the book for you. Um, it is a bit dark and it is a bit twisted. There is humor in there and I have tried to lighten the mood. And I cannot yet promise if book number two is going to be happy. Um, but I will just say, be mindful of yourself, take care of yourself and uh, wait till you're in a better place maybe to before you read this book because I don't want to be triggering in any way. My, you're a pretty incredible person and I am so glad that our paths crossed. You're inspirational. You're delightful. You're charming. You're an excellent writer. And I can't tell you how very much I appreciate you talking to me today and being my guest. It's just been my absolute pleasure. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It's very kind of you, Suzanne. It's been a very absolute pleasure meeting you as well. Now, I hope that you will pick up a copy of Mai's book. Remember, you can find it on Amazon. I want to thank you for being with us today and for joining Mai Thompson and me. Remember, you can hear our interviews on Apple. You can hear it on Spotify, 
iHeartRadio, or on the Web Talk Radio platform. Now, remember, you never know who's going to be my guest on Books on Air, and you never know what we're going to talk about. So I really hope that you'll join me for the next Books on Air. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you.